Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to a, another episode of the Mets Sub Podcast, the official podcast of the New York Mets. Yeah, we got to talk about that Red Series, huh? That's that's what we're going to definitely have to talk about right now. Did not go well again. Uh, I don't know how many series in a row the Mets have lost, but it has been a minute, it feels like, since we have done something very well. So we're going to talk about, I don't. are we going to go game by game, James? Or are we just kind of going to do the thing we've been doing recently and just kind of talk for like 30 minutes and just little therapy session, let the boys air it out, a little festivist yeah. for the rest of us. I guess just talk about it. And you did mention the last time Mets won a series. No, the last time the Mets won a series? Or was it when you were in L.A.? Yep, it was when I was yeah. in L.A. The day Max was suspended, the day that Brandon with a home run, had a nice comeback. That was the last time the Mets won a series. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's, that's a minute. That's been, it's been a minute. We need Callie James back. I mean, the boys are trying to get some of that energy. We're going to Miami. Uh, you, when you guys are listening to this, we are probably going to be on a plane to Miami because we've got Nick's fever and we're going to the game in Miami spending about 24 hours. Not even we're spending less than 24 hours in Miami to see the Knicks game, stay at the hotel, fly back to New Jersey on Saturday. Uh, got Nick's fever. So maybe, maybe a little Florida Mark, a little Florida James action. Maybe it brings the Mets some good vibes. Yeah. Just try to get a spark any way we can, because they're just watching these Mets games right now has been has been it's it's been I don't know it's been it's been unfortunate. We were so blessed last year to have so. such a such an easy season where we're winning every single game. We're having major comebacks. The starting pitchers throw six innings every single day. Everyone gets hit when we need them to. They get home runs when you need them to. And it's just it's just it's laborious right now. Like you watch these series, you're like, what the heck? Even the one game we won this series, I'm sure half of us who yeah. weren't super locked in in the Knicks game five were watching. Like, I wonder how this is gonna go wrong. Because it's like when things are going right, it feels if last year when things went wrong, it felt wrong. This year when things go right, it feels wrong so far. Yeah. There's not really a whole lot that feels great. Like, okay, so there are still some positive things to, to take out of like what we've seen, which is I know like really probably frustrating for some people to hear of like you're gonna talk about the positives, but you know, we're gonna mention a couple of those things too. But I guess just to address what has been going on, like they've they've been playing bad baseball again. Like the bad baseball has continued hasn't really looked better even in the win like it was a clean baseball game but relatively speaking there shouldn't be a, really a world where justin verlander and hunter green like 2-1 pitchers duel where hunter green didn't even shove the Mets just didn't hit the offense didn't show up just like they didn't really show up in game three uh it's frustrating it's definitely frustrating from a fan side perspective totally share with you guys on that again we're never going to be the ones to go up in arms and start screaming and yelling and calling for heads or whatnot but definitely frustrating right now to watch the way that this team has been playing yeah, it's just, it looks, feels, I don't know. It just feels kind of what's weird, what's man. Like? It feels weird. It's not, yeah, something's like, something's not there. Like something is not there that was there last year. And it's nothing that's like necessarily on the field or like with, with any of the coaches or anything. It's just like, there's just some, like, there's a little bit of that fire that like we're, we need that's missing. And I felt like we got that for a brief moment on Tuesday after Buck was ejected, after Will Myers cheated on the baseball field. And it seemed like the team did really like, all right, lock in, let's play some baseball. And you felt that for the first time, and they still just came up a little bit short. And that that whole game felt really off, too, because of the uncertainty surrounding Max Scherzer that came through like on yeah. Monday. And then David Peterson seemingly being sh just shuttled to Cincinnati to play this game and then just looking completely, utterly uncomfortable from the start. There was not a moment... Where besides, like, what well, I think it was the third inning or the fourth inning, David Peterson's one, one, two, three inning. It was the third inning. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that, that actually was kind of easy. But to get to that point, it's like fastballs and sinkers and sliders and ground balls and fly balls. And it's like, I deep counts. And it's like, where, where, 
where's where where can this go from here well you said the vibe's weird for those of you watching on the the youtube side on the new york mets youtube channel you might have noticed that i like looked off the screen a little bit was typing away i mean this is something that i love to do i love to see if mercury's in retrograde and do you it know when Mer- it, it just it was li- april 21st to yeah. may 14th mercury is in retrograde which is insane because John's been dropping us some stats that all coincide with April 21st. It's oh actually my God. kind That's of insane. The, I think that was the day. No, I think 20th was the day that that series ended against the Dodgers. It was. No, they played. The it ended on the 19th. 21st was the last time. That was Joey Lucchese throwing seven innings. That was, that was at that point, the Mets had won four out of five games. No, yep. they'd won six, seven out of eight games. Yep. So they had beat the Giants 7 nothing that day. Whoa. Mercury has been in retrograde since then, and we know the Mets' record has not been very good. There has not been yeah. a lot. The Mets haven't won a game by more than two runs since. What date, James? April 21st. April 21st. Wow. I, I mean... I heard, I heard that yoga the other day. I should have I should have taken that to heart. I should have realized that and turned it into content. That really, just since that happened, it's been off. And it's, now, it's so weird that like that's the day because... People have been talking about it, I feel like a lot. Like, this is the worst stretch of Mets baseball since X. And that's like something that, like, us masochistic Mets fans like to do to ourselves be like, let's compare this to other pain we've had in our lives. <laughs> and a lot of people immediately went back to 2021 when we had the Giants, Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers streak of that season. And just the, it's so ironic that we play their best baseball this year out in California, like on a West Coast trip in the middle of April, rather than coming home against these teams that are, were like, based on projections, like, thought to be subpar. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like whether I don't even know what Mercury in retrograde is. Do we know what that is? Like, what does that no, mean? I don't know. I think it's something people just, just say. Think, yeah, eventually you date a girl does horoscopes and then you figure that stuff out. But yeah, I don't know. yeah. Well, it's 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 getting out of retrograde in a few days, so hopefully that's a sign of good things to come. Just uh, just bad bad baseball recently. I really there's no other way to kind of say it. Uh, you can't can't lose another series to the Reds after losing a series to the Rockies after getting swept by the Tigers after losing to the Braves and the Nationals and now losing the Nationals and then yeah. losing two in a row the Giants yeah uh, just, maybe it, we I just, just ran through like that like it just kind of just feels like we're in this continuous loop of like where where is it going to come from like how's it going to happen like when's this going to stop it's from and like Groundhog's it, Day it is and it did stop for a moment when Justin Verlander took the mound on Wednesday and just like looked like Justin Verlander besides giving up runs in the first inning because that's been yes. a real theme of this Mets losing streak as well here not really losing streak but just like general skid they've only scored first 15 times this year it's 26th in baseball last year the Mets scored first 97 times second best in baseball stat from John and I know after the game they were talking to Lindor uh in the clubhouse and they brought up the fact that the Mets haven't had such an inability to score in the first inning this year. And last year that was something that they did really well. I think John said it was ninety-seven times they scored in the first inning, which was the second best in baseball, which is absolutely insane. No, that was scored first, not oh, in the first okay. inning. That yeah. just, that's insane, ninety-seven games. But yeah. regardless, even the idea of scoring first would be nice at this point, not even necessarily in the first inning. And Lindor was like, yeah, like we've, we've definitely noticed that we're not scoring in the first inning. We're not scoring early. We're not scoring often. And like, you just kind of got to hope we figure it out, which yeah, like, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Let's get there. Let's get that offense going. It's just, it feels like nothing has really gone right in the last two weeks, which I guess if that's a saving grace for anybody is it, it's been really, really bad. And it's not like the Mets have like gotten unlucky. They've just played bad baseball. I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. Yeah, I don't think that makes me feel better at all. They've allowed <laughs> they've they've allowed the other team to score first in eight out of nine games. A stat that went around today, like wildfire, because I think they said it on TV and the radio, so everyone tweeted at the same time. The Mets have been outscored thirty-one to nine in the first inning this year, which is a shocking 
amount of runs to have given up. And that's like almost on average, like a run per game given up in the first inning. Yeah. It's, yes. it's like you it and it's like I like that's that's hard from like a gameplay standpoint. Like we gotta like get better now we're in the hole, we gotta start, but from a mental standpoint, every single game to be like we have to fight to win. Like we have to battle to win. Like we we haven't won by two runs since April twenty first. April twenty first a really long time ago. That's a really, really long time ago, April twenty first. My yeah, it's just Again, if you can watch the YouTube video, guys, you can see our faces. We are like, it hurts, it hurts as a Mets fan to and, not and, see them play well because they, they played so well last year. In, in the fourth inning today, I just like got on my bike and just like rode. I went like all the way, to, I went all the way to like Dumbo from my house, just Whoa. like sat, I sat near the water and just listened to the waves crash against the rocks with Howie in my ear, just like watch, like listening to the Mets finally officially lose. And yeah, just compounded. Sat there, yeah compounded with a uh, bad loss today the ac in my apartment doesn't work on the hottest day of 2023 thus far when it's 80 degrees the sun's beaming like it's a great day to be outside 100 percent. but yeah. when it's 80 degrees inside it's a way different feeling than when it's 80 degrees outside like literally if we went to my thermostat says 80 on there right now i'm sweating like a pig it's just absolutely horrible right now oh we should talk about some actual baseball, I guess, for a few minutes because I think that's yeah, what for a few minutes. Doing. Yeah, we usually do in here. We referenced David Peterson uncomfortability. Mark and I just out of sheer like need to like think, figure something out. We just like spent like an hour each on what was that Wednesday morning, just like looking through David Peterson clips and videos, both from this start and starts earlier this year than starts last year. And his mechanics just look so different. Like yeah. neither of us are pitching coaches or anything, but like you just see like his hands are in a different spot. His stride looks different. His leg kick looks different. He's much more upright when he comes out of his set now. When last year he was like a little more crouchy, a little more athletic looking. And then you heard Jerry Blevins, who did such an unbelievable job. This Jerry week. was awesome this yeah, week. Jerry, or this Jerry week, was, I guess. Yeah, Jerry was unbelievable this series. Also, just an Ohio guy, like bringing that flair and just gives great insight analysis. He kind of mentioned also he has cool insight being a left-handed pitcher who threw a slider that Peterson seems to be much better right now and has been all year. And something we've talked about, throwing that slider against right-handed batters because he has something to aim for. Like he knows he's trying to bury that in the back foot. And then I remember the TJ Friedel at bat specifically, the one that kind of broke the game open a little bit on Tuesday, left-handed hitter. He just like, and we've seen it all year with Dave Peterson, he just lets that slider kind of float into the middle of the plate. And Jerry said, because it seems like he just doesn't have that thing to aim for against the lefties, which I, like, I was also watching like for things and reasons for this. And you see Francisco Alvarez set up a really nice target. Like Alvarez like got to the other edge of the plate, like got his shoulders really square to it, like put his glove here and was like moving it like here, here, here. And again, like, also, I don't know. Like, I'm never pitching the major leagues. Like, I don't know if that's the kind of target the pitcher wants, but you just kind of feel that. And you felt that all year, Peterson, with that slider floating. And you kind of feel that a little bit when you see his like mechanics look a little different because that, that slider has less bite. It kind of makes sense that he looks a little more stiff, a little more upright, a little bit less repeatable. We've heard him talk about that even on this podcast before, that being a big guy, it's harder to get your mechanics in check. And the fact that he's out of sorts right now and probably – was like they, he was probably instructed to basically take a mental break. Part of yeah. the reason he was even sent down at all, just because like get yourself right. We've seen you pitch well, and, and the worst part about David Peterson stuff is that all of his freaking like swing and miss estimators are still good. Like he's still <laughs> running good whiff rates. He's still getting good K minus walk rates. Like even this game, there weren't like some of the it was like pretty hard contact there, but it was a lot of just grounders that found holes, and his velocity yep. was down, took across the board. Seems like it was the kind of thing where he probably did need a little bit of a reset, and he just didn't get it. He only got one turn in the minor leagues. Didn't pitch well in that one stop there, and immediately you're called upon to replace Max Scherzer for a start. Yeah, which man, it was just it was a weird vibe to start that game too. Like where Scherzer getting that late scratch with neck spasms, Peterson coming up or coming back up, the mechanics being all over the place. Like he definitely needs to just like pitch in some probably meaningless games that 
just to work on his stuff and get back to where he was. Because when his became like we saw it last year, he was a very, very good pitcher last year. We had super, super high hopes. I don't want to say expectations, but super high hopes for him this year based on what we saw and just we know what the, the kind of stuff that he has and just really hasn't lived up to that right now. Let's talk about something that did go well, though, for the Mets in game one. Francisco Alvarez, El Troll, uh, he's here. He's here. This dude is just such a friggin' beast. You can see the confidence is oozing out of him now. Even before this two-home run game, he's looked better and better as the season has gone on, as he's been getting more and more playing time. And it all kind of came to a came to fruition here, where in game one he hit two home runs in this game, and he hit some hit, hit some shots with these home runs as well. It's kind of ridiculous to see how comfortable Alvarez has even gotten so far. Like his strikeout rate has sunk like a stone over the last like week plus. He's starting to walk a little bit more. He's swinging less, which is something I, I called for like about three weeks ago, and it was like he wasn't playing well. The second you see him swing less, you're going to see him like really start to take off. And and that has to do with I think the fact that now he he is the catcher. It's his position. It's his. There's no. There doesn't really seem to be a need to prove anymore. And ever since it seems like he's had to stop proving himself. He's been playing significantly better. Like if you look at when he started playing more, because it looked like they just gave him the catcher position from Tomas Nito, he's mm. been playing so much better. Yeah, and again, we saw Tomas Nito go in the IL this week with dry eye syndrome. So this was a game where series where Alvarez caught all three games, day game after night game as well. And like, look good behind the plate doing a caught Kodai Sanga for the first time. And we just, again, we're going to say it every single time. I tweeted about it on Tuesday. We can't forget the historical significance of what Francisco Alvarez is doing right now. He is only the eighth catcher in the history of baseball who's 21 years or younger to have a multi-home run game ever. Dang. His, history, of the, history of the whole thing. You want to hear the other? And the first to do it since Joe Maurer in 2004. Before that, it hadn't been done since 1977 by one Dale Murphy. Do you want to hear the wow. other names of the people who've done this? Yeah, because, I mean, you gave us, like, two borderline Hall of Famers right there. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Catchers, 21 years younger, with multi-home run games. Francisco Alvarez did it this week. Joe Maurer, 2004. Dale Murphy, 1977. Butch Wingar, 1976. No clue that is. And then the legend Bill Bill Freehan did it twice in 1963. (laughs) And you can never forget... Hank Ruskowski, the famed catcher from mm, Cleveland, I think. Course, I, yeah. I, I think I think they were the Indians by then, but it was 1947. They could have been the Spiders. And then this one great catcher we'll never forget from the uh, – I think this team at the time was called the Boston Red Stockings. Mm. Shanty Hogan, of course. Oh, Shanty. shanty. Old you Shanty. Never, you yeah. can never forget Shanty Hogan. The bell actually right. wrong. It was the Boston Braves at that time, 1927. Wow. The Boston Braves. I mean, you might have forgot their name, but you team. didn't forget Shanty Hogan. No, you'll never forget Shanty Hogan. What Shanty Hogan did in the summer of 27, I'll, I'll, I'll be telling my grandkids about. But again, the historical significance of what Francisco Alvarez is doing is guys named Shanty did it in 1927. Only seven other guys did it in between. And Bill Freehand did it twice. And then you even look past that. 
he already has the fourth most home runs ever by a catcher before turning 22 years old <laughs> since 1990. And the ninth most played appearances by a catcher before turning 20 years old since 1990. And the only catcher with more than 206 played appearances before turning 22 since 1990 is Pudge Rodriguez, who had a freakish 1,200. He was up at 19 years old. The yeah, guy yeah. A specimen. But it, it's it's really, really, it's really marvel, a marvel what Francisco Alvarez is doing right now. I think this is almost like the best accidental compliment that I've heard of Francisco Alvarez was Keith Hernandez today. I mean, everyone's been talking about how young Francisco Alvarez is, right? And he goes, mm-hmm. Alvarez is a young guy, but boy, does he look good. He's, was he 23, 24 years old? They're like, he's 21, Keith. He's like, oh my God. Like just <laughs> him being like, even a, thinking he's a couple years older. He's, I mean, this guy just legally was able to start having like a drink just recently. Like that's crazy. Think about that. Think about yeah. what we were doing when we were 21 years old. I was at the University of South Carolina trying to figure out What's my major going to be? Because I just, I, I'm no longer a business major. Didn't keep the grades for that. So what am I going to do? I, I think, honestly, spring of my 20, uh, 21-year-old year, I was literally taking one class because I could not sign up for any more classes because I was technically like a fake student who didn't have any major. Nice. Spring of my 21 year, I was I was definitely all over the place. That was that was like that real sweet spot before I became a senior and I was a junior and it was it was a nice time. I was going to study abroad that summer. I had my first job that summer. I was like I was I was I was a bit of an animal that, that spring, <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest with you. That was a that was a hectic few months. <laughs> From when I turned twenty one, February through June, July of that year, it was it was kind of off the charts. But of course. And Francisco Alvarez hitting home runs and doing things that catchers haven't done since the nineteen forties, Shanty Hogan. And that's serious about that. And the other worst part about it is this is that I feel like his home runs did kind of invigorate this team. And we did start a really genuine comeback between him and then Buck getting ejected. And then just like Lindor and Pete hit home runs. And then Canada had a big at bat on and wound up grinding to a double play. It just wasn't enough to get all the way there. And you lose a game 7-6 where you're like, I really just felt like one that – the 2022 Mets just found a way, just gritted yeah. their teeth and found that last run and got to extra innings and were just better than the other team they're playing. And this also reminded me of the Monday first game against the Braves last week where it was like, you really just felt like they were going to win and they didn't. You kind of sat there like, it's just over now. Yeah. I mean, there was like the weird stuff that happened too where Will Myers slapped the ball out of Lindor's yeah, hand, yeah. which that was like totally should have been, I don't know how the umpires missed this. I, I, the umpires miss a lot. Sometimes it's like really tough, like bang, bang plays. This was blatant. And I don't know why they couldn't even look at it necessarily, like whatever the ruling was. But Buck definitely uh, got it, got his money's worth and was out there. He was all red. First ejection as Mets manager. But like you said, that was kind of it. That was pretty much it. Steven Nagosa kind of also got a little screwed because he was having a great appearance again <laughs> yeah, <laughs> up until this moment. Uh-huh. And then that happened and then the wheels fell off and it looked like uh-huh. he had another bad, bad appearance. But like relatively speaking, Nagosa should be a one-inning guy probably in like a perfect yeah. world. And, and it gives you one pretty good winning. One, if most, just get him to thirty pitches because then it seems like it kind of starts to fall off after that. Similar to Tommy Hunter, once he gets to, once Tommy Hunter gets to the third inning, it's just like, all right, I just we just got to pitch a little bit here. But <laughs> the, the word this team just kind of needs that. Like we're we're struggling so much. And they asked Buck before the game on Tuesday, like, what are you looking for for Dave Peterson today? What do you want to see? He was like, just length. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like that's all. That's pitch. Like, just just get out there and pitch and save these guys a little bit. And that's why game two really felt so good because. For the first time since April 21st, a pitcher in the Mets completed seven innings of baseball, second time all year. <laughs> Verlander looked great. Like Shout out Joey Fuego for the first time that happened, but May 10th, second time you get seven innings is really not a recipe for success. And I talked about last start how Verlander mixed the fastball and the slider very evenly. That's not something he's done most of his career. This start, he went back to what he does normally, which is lots of fastballs, some sliders, and a few curves. He also showed a lot of emotion, which I thought was pretty meaningful for a guy like Justin Verlander, who 
is quite literally coming off a World Series victory. He's like one of the most accomplished pitchers that we've ever seen in our, in our respective lives. And he was like, I just remember over the weekend, so I'm hyping up the team, like going through the dugout. Like he was, he like really just got like a jolt of energy when he struck out. I forget who on a pitch in the dirt to end the seventh. And you're like, all right, yeah, okay. Some fight, some life. Let's, let's, let's feel it. Let's go. Big game tomorrow, r- rubber game, end the series, and we'll get it. And then the Reds just dink and doink Kodai Sang in the first inning and then hit one ball hard. And you're like, damn it. Like, what, 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 what can we do? We used to be that dink and doink team that would get that and then get the one big hit. And it's just like right now, they're, besides Justin Verlander and Francisco Alvarez, there's not really much clicking that's going well as a cohesive whole for this team. I mean, even our boy Brett Beatty's cold. Like he's, I think he's, he's, I think he's like one for 20. Yeah, he's, he's been a little bit cold. So I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, but it's just like, I mean, at the end of the day, like they simply have to play better, especially against these bad teams that we're playing. Because I mean, let's let's be honest. Again, I know we're losing. So what does that mean for us? But like, these are not teams that we should be losing series to. You can lose a game in a vacuum, but you should not yeah. over three be getting dominated by the Reds, by the Rockies, by the friggin' Tigers. Like, that shouldn't happen. Tigers are blazing hot right now. The Tigers are storming to 500. It's kind of ridiculous to watch. Bad team, though. Bad team, though. But it's just like, I hate that kind of thinking because I feel like that got us into trouble at the end of last year. It did. Like, the, Mets were, the, Mets were, the Mets were very good against teams they should have been good against for most of last year. For 90% of the season, they they crushed teams they were better than. They handled the Marlins over and over again. The Nationals, they couldn't even get off the mat against them until September. Like, the Phillies, when the Phillies were bad, we just completely put them in their place. And it feels like now, like these other teams are coming to the park and it's like all the, all they want to do is beat the Mets. Like we in very quickly without without actually winning anything, have gone from the team with the target on our from the team that like lovable losers, the target on our backs. And it's like oh, now we're gonna every team's best punch. And it's like we need a better punch. Yeah, I, I like how I like how you said that. Like everybody's coming in and it's not like we just want to win the game, we want to beat the Mets. Which yeah, it, everyone's, it everyone's very much does feel like that like i mean even think about the kershaw start back in los angeles how mm-hmm. pumped he was after he got that big strikeout to go seven innings as well and i was like regular season game kershaw guy who's again, in april. like in april uh for like the dodgers that just didn't feel very much like it but that that tells you a lot about like i guess the the way people feel about the mets on the other side of the of the field this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Other things I wanted to say the wrap up of the series, just some more positives. Pete Alonso's leading the league with 13 home runs. Yep. Yeah, I think he has the most now, the second most RBIs in the National League, depending how things are shaking out the rest of the games today. Uh, Starling Marte actually had three pretty hard hit balls, including one on Tuesday night or Wednesday night that he scorched like 109 miles an hour. I believe it was hardest of the season so far. We had nothing to show for it. And then he just, there were just so many instances too in his at bats where someone just left the ball over the middle and he just fouled it off. And you saw him look like, why didn't I hit that better? Yeah. And it's like, it's just this weird thing going on with this team right now is, is they're just completely in a funk. And last thing I want to talk about, like baseball specific, that is really positive. David Robertson is not getting, I don't think, enough credit for being one of the best relievers in baseball to start the year. Not even just closers, just relievers in general. He is an 0590 ERA, which is second lowest in baseball besides for Yander Cano. Who, if you guys <laughs> don't know Yander Cano, he's like the new freak on the Orioles. He's like basically come, came from another dimension. They actually acquired him in the trade for Jorge, Jorge Lopez. Lopez last year. They took a lot of flack for 
from the Twins because they're like, oh my god, the Orioles are pushing for the playoffs. They traded their setup man. It's ridiculous. And then Felix Batista became like the best one of the best relievers in baseball. They had Dylan Tate, it was incredible. Now they've taken Yander Cano and they've added so much like so much more spin on like just gotten like much more efficient spin on his sinker and it's getting tons of drop. It's 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 a, it's a super unique pitch. Watch Yander Cano. <laughs> he hasn't given up a run yet. He's given like three base runners the whole season. It's incredible. Yeah, Oriole Dub. David Robertson, second best right now behind him. 34% strikeout rate for David Robertson. Also, his best since 2017, which was like a lifetime ago for David Robertson. <laughs> that was like an arm surgery. I think a Tommy John or shoulder surgery ago and a stint like with Team USA. It was bizarre. And his walk rate has dropped five points from last year, which nice. is something that the Phillies were not able to wrangle in with him last year. Really skyrocketed when he was with them. And the Mets have gotten that really in check. So he's been really important to the, the actual the wins that we have had. And I don't think it can be understated how valuable he's been to this team. I think we've said it a bunch of times about how good this bullpen is, and it's definitely been the best thing about this team this year. But, like, remember when Diaz got hurt and everyone was like, the sky's falling, we can't win the World Series now because Edwin Diaz is hurt? Boy, oh, boy, do we wish that was our biggest problem right now. Uh, it'd be amazing because it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be solved because David yeah. Robinson's amazing. Also, just want to shout something out, too. I remember last year when the Phillies traded for David Robertson. The Mets as an organization got a lot of flack because the Phillies traded what the headline was, their 26th best prospect in their organization for David Robertson. That prospect wound up being a guy named Ben Brown, who we said over and over again is actually incredible. Like He was a 26th-ranked prospect, but that was a that was a BS ranking because he had an incredible season. And he's continued that right now. He's in AAA for the Cubs, running like a 40% strikeout rate, and he's going to be pitching in the major leagues probably before July 1st. Oh, yeah. There's a good chance he's successful with a good curveball, good slider, and a really – a really good fastball. So that was what the Phillies traded away to get half a year. David Robertson right now. What a guy like that would do wonders for this organization. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, definitely I, that's something I guess we could talk about. Maybe when we get a little bit to the mailbag after we uh, wrap up the series and do the estimate stuff, but yeah, there's gotta be a, we're going to try to figure out a way maybe to help uh, fix this. I don't know. Something, something's got to change here for the Mets and we need it to happen soon. Cause I, I, I can see you guys. I can. You're driving in your car, listening, or you're watching on YouTube, and I can see your face. You're so frustrated, just like all of us. We're we're upset. You're like, yo, curse! Tell yeah. someone they suck. Like, yeah, no, it's not it. That's not how we roll. But also, like at the same time, like you have every right to be frustrated right now as a Mets fan, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Also, a funny thing that happened in the game today. I was listening on the radio because I just took a bike ride because I wanted to feel some sun and and yeah. try and try and discover joy. And uh, I was listening to Keith Rad and how we talk about Skyline because Keith Rad, we talked to him. He went, he was a Dayton Flyer, so he he's very used to Skyline chili in the Cincinnati uh, realm in general. Yeah. And how we was watching him eat it, like disgusted, like he was ridiculous. He's like, "Where'd you get that chili? The Gowanus Canal?" Like he was dropping, <laughs> he was dropping insane lines on Keith Rad and making fun of the chili. And then Keith Rad was like, "Yeah, it's a good mix. You got the cheese down here, and there's some cinnamon." How he goes, oh, cinnamon? Yeah, there's, there's cinnamon in there. Who are we and talking also, about with Skyline chili the other day? Who are we talking with? I don't with? remember. Somebody. Was I, we were talking but, about? And I found out there was cinnamon in the chili. And I was like, oh, that's, I, I was just telling you about And it, chocolate. Yeah. And chocolate, apparently, too. Well, is that yeah, a thing? Uh, well, oh, uh, before. Yeah, that's what it was. It's just absolutely foul that they put that with cheese and spaghetti and whatever else they put there. It's It looks like something. One, I can't eat it. Two, I don't want to eat it. No, yeah. All, all the uh, the day one messed up listeners remember my story about Skyline Chili living in Ohio for five years from from way back in the day just i was so appalled by what what it was but i mean keith likes it so i'm not gonna yuck someone's yum so i guess that's the, i guess i guess that's the red series <laughs> yeah i guess that's the red series good time to bring in uh johnny stats here to go over the estimate for the upcoming series against uh i've just completely forgot who are we playing washington I, nationals washington nationals yeah completely forgot literally just left my mind it doesn't really matter who we play right now i just gotta play better and hopefully beat the team so uh what's the estimate that we're looking at for this national series oh god thank god for the warm weather am i right guys yeah am I right guys i yeah. should have i went on two walks today that's and i don't usually do that but um 
I got to be brief. Um, I got some turkey burgers to make, so we'll get to it real quick. The Mets and Nationals, believe it or not, the least strikeout in those two lineups in all of baseball. The Nationals have the lowest K rate offensively. The Mets have the second lowest K rate entering the day offensively. So I know a few episodes ago, we did Scherzer and Verlander combined strikeouts. We're going to channel it in another direction based on what I just told you guys. And this week's going to be the total strikeouts in the not three, but four game series between the Mets and the Nationals coming up. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a good question, John. I like that one. Strikeouts. What are the pitching matchups, James? Do you have them by any chance? Yeah, I do. Well, there was a meme that was going around all day because SNY flashed a graphic seemingly trying to really, you know, bite into what's going on with this Mets team right now, where it said TBA, 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 and TBA for the Mets pitchers in the uh, in the series against Nationals, which I don't really think is true because we know we're going to get McGill, Lucchese, and next Monday is going to be Verlander. And if possible, Sunday is going to be Scherzer. And if not, it's going to be probably Peterson again. So I think that was them like really trying to stroke, uh, you know, stro- stroke what's going on with this team right now. But as of right now, what it seems like based on the last day these players have pitched, it's going to be McGill versus Mackenzie Gore Friday at 7 o'clock. Saturday at 405, Lucchese versus old friend Trevor Williams. Sunday, 135, maybe Scherzer or Peterson against, I think this is Jake Irvin. I it believe is Jake that Irvin. is Jake it's Irvin. Not, it's not Cole. Yeah. It is Jake. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the Mother's Day matinee. And then Monday, weird Monday at series ending at four o'clock. Hopefully, we've got a next game after. Justin Verlander versus Patrick Corbin, a good old fashioned ace off. Okay. Yeah. I remember last year they played a four o'clock getaway day game. That was when Vogel back at the Grand Slam in DC. The series where DeGrom came back. It's a weird time for a getaway day. They also, the opening series last year against Nationals, if I remember correctly, that was the famous game that Trevor Williams pitched in relief in the eighth inning against Juan Soto on a Monday getaway day. Yes. Oh, man. When the series ended, yeah. All right, I've got my number. Well, Mark, Mark, you won the last one. There were 21 total runs scored in Cincinnati for those those counting at home. Uh, Thank God we didn't do expected batting average (laughs) extra base hits. There weren't many. Although Pete Alonso had a home run that wouldn't have gotten out of (laughs) One third of the major league parks, but that's okay. So I feel like the, first, the, the first Alvarez home run too, the opposite fielder. That probably was kind of a weird one. That was a GABP special. Yes, hundred mm-hmm. yes, yes. percent. All right, I got uh, my number, James. You got give yours? me, give me, give me one second for this number now. What are you, what are you running, crunching numbers there? Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many batters come up in the average game. It's like like forty ish. Yeah, yeah, probably. I'd say about forty ish. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Yeah, this yeah. The Mets are Mets are lucky. I got to say, Josiah Gray. He has been money since, yeah. He's been really good. Local guy, New Rochelle guy. We're kind of lucky we're not seeing him in this series. Yeah. I, I I must say, he has been is fun this, to like, watch. Is this a lot of strikeouts? I, I, I just feel like this, gonna, this could be this right. could be so off. I, I got that's my number. Play the game. Yeah, that's why we play. Yeah. Ready? All right. Yeah. Three, two, one. Show it. I got 60. Whoa. It's 60 68. and 68. Okay. So 60 yeah, for me. Point. 68 for James. No middle mm-hmm. point there. So, uh, oh, no, there is a middle point. Dang it. We love If it's even, there's a middle point. We, <laughs> we mess up the middle point that's thing every works. episode. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the new meme along with giving John a different nickname. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep it short with you guys for this one. Thanks, John, for the estimate. Uh, enjoy See the beautiful later. weather. Yeah. Let's go ahead turkey and talk burgers. about. Yeah. Oh, turkey burgers. God. I don't even turkey want to talk about Turkey burgers are good. Don't, don't hate on turkey burgers. Yeah, turkey burgers are good if you your other option is eating garbage. Uh, otherwise, this is not true. If, it's, if good, you it's, could, a good, it's a good vessel. If you could have a burger... Why would you choose to make a turkey? Ground beef is far superior, far superior. Why would you want a lesser burger? Significantly less healthy, maybe. Health. 
whatever. Yeah, you don't care about health. Yeah. Who cares? All right. Wrapping up this episode here, let's go ahead. I mean, we don't need to preview the Nationals. We just played them recently. So I just want to do maybe like some mailbag and answer some of the tweets that people gave us, um, which yeah. will be nice. So <clears throat> one of the ones that's been saying right now uh, is just about like turning the season around. Uh, shout out to our guy, Nick Kowal. He's like, will the Mets do anything to turn the season around? Or like, is it just going to keep being trying to figure it out? And I, I do think that they're going to do something. Like, I, I at least from the outside perspective, you got to think that they're what do you mean not... do something. What does that mean? Well, maybe maybe play better. Play better. Maybe they acquire somebody. Maybe they call people up. But like, I feel like they're probably going to get a little creative now of like how to maybe beat this little slog that's been going on. I mean, there's some guys in the minors, especially on the pitching side, like Mike Vassell. Take a look at him if you guys are uh, Mets fans and like to look at minors guys. He's been tearing it up in Double A. Granted, it's Double A, of course. It's not Triple A. But he's been tearing up. He's running like a 40% K rate and walking nobody. Yep. Like maybe that's what we have to start looking at is going a little bit deeper in the farm and being like, let's see if these guys can get a shot at the major league level if we don't have the pitching that we're getting right now. Yeah, Mike Vassell, I think, is a really in interesting option because he has what is kind of the big differentiator between a guy who can make it in the majors versus a guy who can't, even when you have like not as much pedigree. A guy like Vassell doesn't really have like prospect ranks and stuff, and that he has a fastball with legitimate carry like it's, i think just based on the physics of it i haven't seen numbers for because we don't have that until a guy gets to triple a and we're seeing a lot of pitchers jump straight from double a the majors this year especially even guys that aren't even skipping the pcl anymore we saw bryce miller just now go from double a to the majors we're about to see yuri perez make his debut going right from double a to the majors that makes it a little hard for us to try, try to analyze these players because we don't we can't see the data on them because that's not public domain triple a now is on baseball savant which is really nice you can see pitchers movement and the physics of their pitches but Vassal just like literally the eye test of that fastball. It's got hop. It's got carry. It comes in hard. He's a big dude. Like he's got he's got those good pitcher hips. Where I like like seeing those pitcher hips really push off, getting those back <laughs> legs. And right now he's running kind of ridiculous numbers in Double A, like you said. The ERA is in the threes, but I, I'm I'm so I'm so over minor league ERA. It means like so little. Like all these guys are there working on something. Like these minor league teams aren't there necessarily to win or lose games. They're there so these guys can be as good as possible for the majors. With a great discussion on this with a. Uh, with Eno Saris's rates and barrels literally today when I was on that bike ride, he's striking out forty percent of guys in Double A and walking less than five percent. Like thirty five point three K miles walk rate. Hitters are hitting one sixty three against him. Like his stuff seems too good for the level, and I think he very legitimately could be useful on, at the major league level. And we need just he needs to be added to the forty man roster, so that's something that has to happen. But I do think he's someone who is. Could really be an option sooner rather than later. Yeah. Could. Definitely. 100%. Six, five, six, five, two thirty. It's big boys. Big boy. Virginia big boy. as well. That's a good good baseball school. Uh, Jordan Simpson. You guys might have seen this guy. He made, uh, I think he did the SNY beat from, from scratch. And he might be doing a little something with us, which is really cool as well. So shout out Jordan. He gave us one. So there's a lot of talk about calling up the kids. Big thing right now is honestly Pete, Marte, Lindor. They've been cold. And I think that's, that's safe to say. They haven't really been playing their best baseball right now. Is there a potential impact that these guys could maybe bring bigger energy spark? Do we think that maybe like the energy of some of the younger guys could be contagious if someone gets called up? Like, is that, do we think that's something that could happen? And I, I don't know. I think right now where the Mets are at with how they're playing, it feels like there's a little bit of pressing going on for sure. I think the guys know that they're playing bad baseball and this is not the kind of baseball that was expected of the team or that they expect to play. Um, so maybe, I don't know, just loosen up a little bit, like have some, it's going to sound weird, but maybe like go back to having some fun. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there definitely does seem to be a little bit of a lack of that spark. Like you were saying, Jordan, for sure. 
Yeah, we got to bring the boys to uh, the gutter with us for some late yeah. night bowling. Get, get this team loose, have a couple pitchers, and just have some fun, throw some strikes. Open invitation. You hear, hear the sound of those pins getting knocked down. Yeah. Yeah, anyone in the mess that wants to come to the gutter with me, Mark, and some of our friends, anytime. It's it's, it's always open. But just, yeah, just to gotta, gotta see you go through sometimes, kind of like the basketball edge, like take the lid off. Like I feel like this team just needs to like have a game where it's like, I don't even know. This probably isn't the right term, but it's the one that makes the most sense in my brain right now. Just like an exorcism where <laughs> like, the Met, like the Mets just walk up against Jake Irvin and just hit six homers yeah score 14 runs be like all right this baseball is fun like it's supposed to be fun this is a game yeah like a deep breath like a wow okay there's the or just there's the pitching yeah or just have one of these like comebacks to come to fruition like that Braves one of this reds one would have been it but just like we're down six one and we just scored nine runs and we won the game and now baseball's fun again just need that moment where it's like let's be be united like it's a it's just this playing like this can't be fun and we've heard these guys every every single day be like this is not like this is not enjoyable and it's like it's no I hate when fans like call it like a lack of effort because it's not a lack of effort. That's something that really irks me as a sports yeah. fan when people like type like go at the effort of these professional athletes who have invested every single thing in their lives into this craft that we're so lucky to be able to watch because they're so good at it. It's not effort. It's never effort. And it's like it, it's just just actually just see that ball go in would be so cool for them. Definitely, hundred percent. And shout out to everybody who replied to our tweet. A lot of the the tweets were relatively the same of like, hey playing bad how do we get better how does how do how do we get out of this hole um and i mean it it really is as boring of an answer as you have to play better these guys are very good baseball players we saw it for 162 games last year we've seen it over their careers we know that they all have the ability to play, perform better and there are guys who are playing great still but we definitely need you know lindor pete everybody Marte, canna whoever it is everybody needs to step up a little bit play a little bit better because i mean it's any on the pitching side too we need those guys to step up too just Straight up have to play better baseball. Sound like a broken record, but that's it's the truth. I don't think there's really like any secret answer to like what is going on right now with the Mets. No, it's just it just stinks. Like the vibes are bad. It's just bad vibes. Like hearing these guys after the game, it's like to reporters throw these stats at them about how bad they are. They're like, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> like someone someone asked for someone asked Francisco Lindor, like, how's it feel to be shut out seven times already this year? Unless you guys were only shut out eight times. He was like, I don't know. Not so great. I have no answer for that. Like, <laughs> like hats off to the other guys we're playing against. They're shutting us out. Like good, they're playing well, they're playing better than we are. It's like I don't there's no response. Like what, no. what can you say? Like you stink. Give them a microphone. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's probably nothing else that we can really talk about with this one. Bad series against the Reds. We would really love to put this awful stretch of baseball behind us and hopefully just smack the living you know what out of the Nationals this weekend. It really would be great. Shout out to moms. It's Mother Day, Mother's Day on Sunday. Spend the day with your moms. Make sure you get them a gift. Get them some flowers, whatever it is. Don't forget. This is your reminder. Do not forget Mother's Day is Sunday. So mm-hmm. big reminder to all you messed up listeners out there. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, right? Follow us on all our social media at Metsed Up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube version of the video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel and subscribe there. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download and subscribe. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. And follow me at Giraffe Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening and watching. And hopefully we will be positive in the next episode. See ya.